episode 53 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Hope you enjoyed your week. Hope you are staying safe. Hope you are staying as isolated as you can if you're going out and about. Hope you are wearing a mask and hope that you are trying to enjoy the summer as best as you can. A lot of stuff to get to on the show this week. Got a little bit of backlash from my Worldwide West take on the last show. Not to uh, really my surprise. I expected to get a little bit of it. Uh, to be fair, most of you were on my side, um, which was great to see uh, <laughs> from a selfish point of view. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, one of my takes does light some of you guys up. It's a fire in your belly. You are inclined to reply. Um, listen, you know, I'm just want to, I'm just going to follow briefly on. I'm not going to go too much deeper into it. You guys know what my thoughts are on this. They're pretty clear. They're on the last show. I had a few people reach out to me personally, uh, to, to, to question my take. And again, my take is simple. I think some of you guys are reading a little bit too much into my take. We don't know what World Wide West does. If you if you do, do you know him personally? I'd love to know. Because there's so many people out there that <laughs> think they know what he does. Nobody knows exactly what this guy does. And again, people are saying, well, he's going to be great. You know, he knows Leon Rose. And then there's that connect. And again... You're putting a lot of stock in Leon Rose <laughs> right off the bat. He hasn't done anything for this Knicks franchise. He has no experience. So you're putting a lot of stock and a lot of faith in Leon Rose. It's incredible. It really is. The amount of faith Knicks fans already, some of you, are willing to put into Leon Rose in World Wide West is pretty scary, in my opinion. Uh, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I get you guys want to be looking for hope and, and things like that, but that's a lot of faith to be putting into somebody who hasn't done anything, two people that haven't done anything for the franchise and haven't done anything in general in the current roles they're going to be undertaking with the New York Knicks. Listen, the bottom line is this, and listen, you guys were, were tame about it on social media. I just think the takes in general are misinformed they're misguided by some of you guys out there and listen most of you guys again most of you guys came back you were you were again you got to be cautiously optimistic at best with this stuff you've got to take this with a grain of salt but i just got to reiterate and we'll get to the next stuff we got a lot of next stuff to get to we'll get to, the, to some more nba and some covid stuff as the season continues to try and come back and more roadblocks continue to come up and we'll get to some of those in the second half of the show but I'm really concerned with with the way some of you guys are handling some of this Knicks news. I get it. There's not a lot to chew on right now. It's 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 a pandemic. I get that. Some of you are you know again. Some of you have not got out of the house much. I haven't gotten out of the house much. You know what I mean. If you have, you've been wearing a mask. Hopefully, so it's been it's been tough. But this is the kind of you still gotta you gotta take off the cabin goggles for a second. You know what I mean? You can't keep those on. You know, for those that don't know what those are, it's 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 normally meant for a different meaning, to be fair. But in this case, you know, someone new comes through the door. Take those goggles off. Take those, you know, uh, heart-shaped. You know, I love anything that moves goggles off, 
And you've got to be putting this in perspective. And consider the franchise you root for for a second. Consider the history of recent times in that franchise. Consider the decisions they've made. And now look back at who they've hired. Again, Leon Rose, for the most part, has made some good moves so far. But again, the World Wide West stuff... Again, with the Leon Rose stuff... Again, you could put a little bit of stock into what Leon Rose has done so far because of who he's brought and who he's kept. You can judge those people. And you could judge some of the people he's brought in for, for scouting and player development and things of that nature. And some of the, the Knicks scouts that have stuck around, some people brought up that point. I get that point, but that wasn't what I meant when I was talking about World Wide West in the draft. World Wide West is a guy that takes advantage of the situation that he's in. Because he's a connections guy. He's going to do whatever it takes to form relationships and use those relationships to get what he wants. So it's one of those things where you're putting a lot of stock in a guy that, again, in this capacity has not been successful. Again, we don't even know what he's really been successful in besides knowing people in the NBA. And now you want him to be successful with the draft. You want him to be successful going forward as the right-hand man to Leon Rose when you don't even know what that role entails. You don't even know what that role means. You don't even know what he's good at or what he's bad at or what he even does in general. Pump the brakes. Please, pump the brakes. Let's see how this plays out. And that's all. That's the last I'm going to say on it because I, I did not want to go too much further than that. But I wanted to clear some of that up because I had a lot of people... But listen, a lot of people are smart about this. They're optimistic, but cautiously. They realize, listen, he could maybe help us, but we don't know what he does. We have to see how it plays out. We're going to really, we could see a lot, you know, peel behind the curtain. And it could be positive. I said that on the last show, and I think a lot of people kind of threw that under the bus because they just take a little bit of what I say and then run with it. But it's one of those things where... Could it be positive? There's a chance, but we don't know. So to defend him to the death and die on that hill without knowing anything about the guy, that's the problem. And I think that more Knicks fans have got to get a clue before you find before you die on that hill for World Wide West and for Leon Rose. Let's dive into the Knicks news that's relevant this week. Quite a bit to get to. Quite a bit to get to. On the show this week. The first thing that, that that caught my eye immediately. Was the Fred Van Fleet stuff. And. Again. I It's like with anything with the Knicks. I get excited when I start to read it. And then I, I remember. What you know the fan of the, the, the franchise that I'm a fan of. You have to remember that. When you go back to the perspective part of things. Listen the Knicks are going to be under some pressure. To do some things during this offseason. It's going to be a very different NBA offseason. I think anybody that follows the NBA is well aware of that. We don't even know if this upcoming NBA season is going to finish. They plan on finishing. They've arguably got the best plan in place to finish of the four major sports in this country. I think that's pretty clear. Um, The NHL is right there as well. I think the NBA has been the leader from the beginning. On COVID-19, Adam Silver in particular, he's the reason that this country kind of woke up to it, if you want to take it a step further. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But 
the the thing that I come back to with the Fred Van Fleet situation is what are the Knicks going to be dealing with during the offseason? That's why the draft is so important this year for the Knicks. It's vital that the Knicks do well with the draft because deals are going to be much more difficult to come by. Big deals are going to be much more difficult to come by for big-name players during the offseason. There's another hurdle to jump over, which is getting your family to a new location. It's going to be difficult in this country. It's going to be a lot more difficult. Are players willing to do that? Some might be forced to doing that. But Fred Van Fleet's an NBA champion. And who knows? If the Raptors go on a run, he could be playing for another championship this season. It's not out of the realm of possibility here. The East is wide open besides the Bucks, And on top of that, the pandemic changes everything. Players are not playing. Left and right, players are stepping out. That could continue and could completely change how the NBA season finishes, if it finishes. So there's not a lot that's not up for grabs here. (laughs) I'm telling you that right now. You know what I mean? A lot of things can change in the next month. We're to the month of July. You know, 4th of July is this weekend. So there's a lot to get to before we really see what the NBA season is going to look like. we got three weeks until we really know. So, again, the Fred Van Fleet stuff, and the guard is reportedly generating interest from the Knicks. Um, it's reported that, the quote, the quote is, that Fred Van Fleet, quote, heard his name connected to the Knicks. I, I, I don't know what to make of that. It's one of those things where... You know, I, I don't I don't know. It's one of those things, or I, or I should say that, sorry, the, the, the quote itself was from the report, so I apologize for that. The report is that basically Fred Van Fleet is linked to the Knicks. That's the report, so I apologize for any confusion there. But it's one of those things where, and listen, he's 26 years old, he's going to be probably the top point guard on the market? Probably? He's right there depending on how things shake out during the offseason. Again, he'd have to choose to leave Toronto as an unrestricted free agent. Could stay. It could easily stay. I mean, that's that's the part right off the bat, that when you look at the situation we're currently in as a country and as a planet, he could easily just say, you know what? I've won a championship here. The fans love me here. I've got good players around me here. They could get better. I could get better. They could bring in somebody else as well to help get us back to where we were with Kawhi Leonard, who knows, as opposed to the Knicks, where he's going to be, again, it's a project, you're building from the ground up, you don't know who, how, where this team's going to be in three years, like, it's, it's a much different situation, and, and listen, like, the Knicks were here last year right with much bigger names and flopped so that's going to be in the mind of a lot of players you know what i mean fred van fleet would come here and probably be the best player on the knicks that's not great for him you know he was a role player on that raptors team that beat the warriors in the nba finals so it's a different proposition it's a different thing so, but his name, his name has been linked. Uh, 
if they were able to get Van Fleet, and that's a big if, this is the one positive thing that could go along with that. If the Knicks smash it in the NBA draft, and by that I mean they either move up and get LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, or James Wiseman, or they stay where they are or roughly around where they are and they get Cole Anthony, maybe even an Agungwu, an Okoro, somebody like that, you've now got another young piece to entice Red friend Van Fleet. You know what I mean? That's big. That's why, the again, the draft is crucial for, for Leon Rose. They've got to nail the draft. So, that's another possibility. But, for me, again, if I'm Fred Van Fleet, like, even if, let's say for the sake of the argument, Fred Van Fleet says, you know what? I'm 26 years old. I want to move somewhere else, maybe a little bit closer to home. Went to Wichita State. I want to be closer, you know, in the United States. I want to be back in my home country. I want a new challenge. Are the Knicks at the top of that list? I, I don't know. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense on paper to me. So, but again, do the connections of Leon Rose come in here? You know, again, I talked about the positivities with World Wide West. I don't know if there's anything there. I don't know. The positives with World Wide West, I, we don't know what those are. We don't know what those really mean yet. So I, I don't know if that is an overriding factor, but it's going to be tough to get them. I, I can't imagine the Knicks being there when Fred Van Fleet makes his decision and then another t- like. Another team could easily come along and say, hey, Fred, we got better players than them. We got a better future. We got a better coach. Come play for us. Like, I know you don't want to be in Toronto in that scenario. We got this guy. We got this guy. We got this guy. Like, if you're Memphis, if you're Sacramento, you know, if you're even if you're, you know, somebody like Houston that might flop this year and they just want to revamp some of the roster. Like, the Sixers would be an interesting one as well if they wanted to change some things up, get rid of Ben Simmons, maybe Fred Van Fleet's that option. Who knows? Like, there's a lot that can happen here. So, Fred Van Fleet could easily look around the NBA and think, if I leave, there could be four or five other teams besides the Knicks that want me, that are going to be in a much better situation. That's where I come down on it. Like, I don't think the Knicks... Again, the Knicks could easily go in for him. They've got a little bit to offer Fred Van Fleet. But they would need... Again, the problem with the Knicks is, when they're luring in some of these free agents, they have flopped time and time again on getting these people. They really have. They just have not been having... When was the last time the Knicks had a big splash? in the free agent market. I mean, we're talking Amari Stoudemire here, which was a flop in the end because the Knicks could have had LeBron. I mean, there's reports coming out today that the Knicks flopped during their pitch to get LeBron James. One report, I think this is from NJ.com, said that they had tried to elaborate or, or they tried to lure LeBron in with an elaborate Sopranos pitch. But according to the report, bumbling James Dolan wound up flopping and screwed up the pitch. 
And LeBron left thinking, oh my god, what what am I what am I getting myself into here? They can't even get the pitch right. So I that's again, that's a long time ago. I get that. But it's the same owner. It's the same franchise. And in some regards, it's the same culture from ten years ago. I mean that's there's not much debate there. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things. Where you've got to look around and you've got to say, if you're Fred Van Fleet, I, you know, I got to do what's best for me. I got to do what's best for my family. And that might be to stay put. Again, that's, that's up to him. Again, the franchise has, you know, he'll talk to the franchise and, and they'll say what, you know, what his role is going to be. That could impact his decision. But again, when you see the Knicks history of this, when you see what they've done recently, you know, and again, you know, ironically, it comes out a couple days ago about this ridiculous meeting that the Knicks had, and they just couldn't couldn't get it over the line. And I believe this is all from Bill Simmons on the Bill Simmons podcast. You know, and the Knicks were in the driver's seat to get LeBron James, and just couldn't get out of their own way. That's the quote from the Bill Simmons podcast. You know, Donnie Walsh was there apparently in a wheelchair. Dolan doled it up, and apparently they weren't prepared, and it couldn't have gone worse. A disaster is what Bill Simmons called it, according to his sources. Again, that's ten years ago, but again, look what happened last year. Durant, Irving, flopped. Nothing. You got nothing in the end for either one. And they went to Brooklyn. Now again, you know, the Knicks made their own bed there in some ways, especially with Kyrie Irving. But, and and again, with that situation, you could give the Knicks a little bit of a pass on Kyrie because of what we've seen with Kyrie. But when you miss on Kevin Durant, I mean, two big misses, that stuff gets around the NBA. And it's not the be-all, end-all. I get that. And coaching can help. You get the right coach. You get the right president. You get the right GM. I get that. But James Dolan has not done himself any favors. You come back to James Dolan. I, I know, and I'm sure you, people are probably throwing stuff at their computer screens. They're throw, probably throwing their. Probably stop listening to this part of the podcast. They threw their phone on the ground. Their headphone jack ripped out of the side. They're just livid, and I, I don't blame you. I am too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Let's move on because we've got other stuff to talk about. One last quick one before we go into a break. Coaching search update. Um, the Knicks coaching search, and this is according to multiple sources here, uh, including Shams. The Knicks coaching search, and this is where I got. You know what? You know what I might do here. I didn't expect. I didn't expect to talk as much as I did about Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take a break here because I this is a topic that we need to to really dive in on. And I don't think it's going to take me 2 minutes to 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 get my whole thoughts again on this situation. I've talked about some of this in the past. I want to dive back in because we got the confirmed numbers. We got a little bit more here. We do want I, I'm going to get to some covid stuff with the NBA cuz that's we got to talk about that as well. So I'll probably go try to do 10 and 10 next segment. <laughs> On those two things, and then I'll get you guys out of here for your 4th of July weekend. We'll take a break here. 
More on the Knicks and more on the COVID-19 situation involving the NBA and the season's return is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Okay, I couldn't fit the last part of that in the last segment, um, but I wanted to, you know, again, we don't normally go Knicks too much in the second half of the show, at least of late, but I will here because this is a situation uh, that I want to dive into before I finish off the show with the latest going on with the COVID-19 situation and the NBA's return. According to Shams, according to multiple sources, the Knicks coaching search is 11 coaches deep. Tom Thibodeau, is listed as the favorite. According to Shams, here's the official quote from Shams, quote, Tom Thibodeau, I'm told, is still the favorite for the head coaching job, but they are doing their due diligence on a guy like Jason Kidd. The quote continues. Mike Brown is part of that list. Mike Woodson. This is an example of Leon Rose, the new president of New York, doing his due diligence in bringing in as many people as he can. I go both ways. I I, I see this from both standpoints here i see where some people have fallen on this which is hey you know this is the knicks you've got to make sure you've got to make sure this is the right guy you've got to get him and you've got to you got to interview as many people as you can you got to make it look like you know the knicks are are competent here i just mentioned you know a situation where the knicks were extremely ill-prepared and it's cost us the last decade of the franchise i get that I get that point. Trust me, I get that. But don't don't disregard the other part of this, which is you've got to get the guy. You've got to close the deal, which is also something the Knicks have not been able to do. So for me, I get worried when I see Mike Brown, Mike Woodson, Jason Kidd, you know, even, you know, these assistants that we talked about a couple week or two ago, I get really nervous when I start seeing those guys listed as, as contenders for the Knicks job. I real, I, I'm telling you, part of me thinks that this is a spin because Tom Thibodeau doesn't really want the job. Like, that's part, like, that's what I think. Like, that's part of my thought process here. Part of me thinks that Leon Rose is just making sure somebody wants the job. So if Tom Thibodeau doesn't want the job, he's got a backup plan. So that's not a bad thing. But if the backup plan is Mike Brown or Mike Woodson, that's not good. That's bad, people. That's not good. Now, if the backup plan was Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, I'd be in, I'd be feeling much better about this. But it's Mike Woodson, who had one good season and then flopped with the Knicks. And again, if you want to go back and check on it, we did this already. This is we've talked about him already on this podcast and his time in New York. It's on a previous podcast. You can go find it. Mike Brown. It's well documented. It's well documented. You could go look it up if you want to know more about Mike Brown. For me, Jason Kidd is is a little out there for me. I get he's up and coming. 
in, but in some regards, in different circles. I don't love how his coaching career has gone so far, I have to say. Not great. And remember, when Frank Vogel was brought in, in L.A., many thought that that was kind of a death sentence for Frank Vogel because Jason Kidd was brought on as part of his staff. Jason Kidd gets lost in the shuffle. Like, Frank Vogel's established himself now as the coach in L.A. I'm sure LeBron has something to do with that. If if LeBron didn't like what Frank Vogel was doing, we'd see Jason Kidd, maybe. But Frank Vogel has passed the test. So Jason Kidd, his stock's a little down right now as a coach, I have to say. That doesn't get me jumping out of my seat. What I'm telling you is, it's the Knicks. Don't be surprised if the first option doesn't work out. Tom Thibodeau would be, for me, the ideal choice right now. He makes the most sense. He's got the most experience. He's gotten two different franchises, one of which can't get out of their own way to get to the postseason, which is the Timberwolves, and the other that has been a dumpster fire since he left in the Bulls. So keep that in mind. But if the Knicks want to go younger, you start to really take a risk. For not only the long term of the franchise, but the short term. You're looking at R.J. Barrett's development, Mitchell Robinson's development, the development of your draft picks from this upcoming draft. To be honest, if you want development or if you want youth, there's only two options. You go development, Kenny Atkinson's your guy. He can get you to where he got the Nets, hopefully, and then maybe you look at a different direction if he doesn't take that next step. Which, by the way, he didn't get a chance to with Brooklyn. He got them to a decent point, and then Kyrie Irving said, well, I came here because I liked uh, Kenny Atkinson, but you know what? Get him out of here. So he got Kyrie Irving, is what happened. But the youth part of this, for me, by default... Jason Kidd's the guy, and I don't love that option, if I'm being honest with you. Because then you compare the resumes of those three guys. You look at Kenny Atkinson. Again, development is probably his biggest strong suit. In-game execution, Nick fans might not like that. He's not great with that, but great developer, great chemistry guy, can bring up the youth players, the, you know, the, the rookie sophomores, those younger guys, those early NBA guys and get them to the next level and maybe get the Knicks in a playoff race for once. That's all we're asking for right now. Tom Thibodeau's a guy, though, that can maybe get you a playoff run. Who knows? He's done that before with franchises in just as bad a shape as the Knicks. So the Jason Kidd option for me kind of becomes a third option at that point. Jason Kidd's resume in the NBA as a coach is very Jekyll and Hyde. He's best remembered for spilling soda on a court during a stoppage in play to try to get an extra timeout and then win a game. That's not a great resume. So, I, again, I get the potential with Jason Kidd. I know why people are putting him in this conversation. But when you've got Tom Thibodeau, when you have Kenny Atkinson, for me, it does not matter that there are nine other candidates. You get one of those two guys. 
you you choose, you interview them, maybe you interview one or two other guys, and if you like what you hear, you hire them. Because if they want the job, now's the time to give it to them. Because it, it, in a couple months' time, other jobs could open up, and then you're screwed. So again, the Knicks are going to make a decision this month. I'm not saying that they're going to run out of time here. But you better get your number one guy. Because this is the time to do it. This is the time. Because if you flop on this one, there's going to be hell to pay for. There's just no question about that. Knicks fans are going to want blood right off the bat with Leon Rose if he does not nail this head coaching hire. And that's, again, a lot of pressure early on on Leon Rose. No question about it. These are two big decisions. Huge decisions. The coach and then this this first pick in the NBA draft are just massive. They really are. And for me, Tom Thibodeau's the guy. I think you go with him. You see what he can build. And you see what he can do for the long term of this Knicks franchise. And then in the draft, you know where I stand on this. If the Knicks stand pat, if they stay where they are, maybe get a little bit higher. I go Cole Anthony. If they get the magic situation of a top three pick, then you go LaMelo Ball. Then you go Obi Toppin if LaMelo's not there. And then you go James Wiseman if those two aren't there. Because he's just too good to pass up on. So, or Anthony Edwards. But the Knicks aren't going to get the number one pick. So, forget about that. It's one of those things where these, I mean, if you're talking the next five, ten years of the Knicks franchise, this is a defining month as far as the coach and then this upcoming draft is a defining draft. It really, this is big. This is huge. And the Knicks have to get it right. There's really no other options here. They've got to nail it. Okay, let's finish up with the COVID-19 situation. Because um, I got I, The reason I'm going to do that is because I actually have something cool at the end of the show that some of you probably saw, some of you might not have seen that I wanted to, to kind of, you know, leave you on a nice note going into the 4th of July weekend. Listen, the latest with the COVID-19 situation is simple. Um, it's not looking good, even for the NBA right now. The Warriors have canceled virtual camps. Uh, an Oakland employee tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and more and more players are considering not coming back for the NBA season. Um, here's the quote from the Warriors on that situation with the Oakland employee. Quote, we've been notified that an employee that works in our Oakland facility has been diagnosed with the novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. As a result, the facility will undergo a thorough sanitation immediately and will be temporarily closed. Due to this closure, our virtual summer, uh, our virtual summer, pardon me, basketball camps, which have been operated with only staff present at the facility, no campers this summer, will be postponed next week. So, I, it's just not a good sign that more people around NBA teams are testing positive. For COVID-19. And listen, there's been a spike in California recently. Arizona. I mean, I'm thinking about the Phoenix Suns the other day, you know, as far as being a team in the playoffs or whatever. 
the state of Arizona had more, was it new confirmed cases? I, I, I don't have the number in front of me. But I think it was they had they had more new confirmed cases of COVID nineteen something like four, something in the four thousand range, than the entire European Union for a day. So the entire European Union had something like thirty five hundred coronavirus cases. I think this was yesterday or the day before. For that same day in Arizona, there were over four thousand new COVID nineteen cases. That's abysmal. I, I mean, that's awful. It's just, I mean, this country in general, it's incredible. It really, And I've said my piece on this multiple times. If I have to say it again, I will. I'm not going to do it again now, but it's just abysmal. It really, it's just awful. The, the other situation is... You look at the 76ers, and there's multiple things coming out about, is Brett Brown concerned about his personal health? Are other coaches concerned about their personal health with going down to Florida? Again, Florida, another place, by the way, where the situation is getting worse with COVID-19. I mean, there's just no getting around that. You again, SA.com has an article on all 76ers, basically at the beginning saying Brown had zero fear, quote-unquote, of COVID-19, and that his worry was, quote, very small. But Brown said on Wednesday, quote, all of us would judge others about wearing a mask or not. When you're in public and you're trying to be responsible, there's a responsibility that we all have. Is it arrogant or rude to not wear a mask? I think a little bit. We're all going to Orlando with a responsibility. He continues, we have to have some level of basketball appropriate fear. It's got to be that as it relates to this virus. It's on all of us to do the right thing, the smart thing in order to create whatever the safest environment is. At this, And that's, that's the end of the quote. But the article goes on to basically say that, you know, Brown's going to have the entire roster excluding Zaire Smith who's injured. And while he's not, this is from the article, he's not enforcing... Uh, he's not the one enforcing the strict health guidelines for players, but Brown's hopeful his team respects the protocol issued by the NBA. This is the problem. Like, I, I think part of it is that the player it's out of the players' hands. Like, there's only so much the coaches can do to get the players to do what they have to do. One of the reasons that Europe is back up and running with sports, again, they're doing it with no fans, but... The government stepped in and they made a big decision to have a big lockdown throughout the entire country. Our country did not do that. They went state by state and said, you know what? The governors are going to handle it for each state. So if your governor is spot on and nailed it, you're seeing you're seeing the COVID-19 cases go a lot more, a lot more down. It's the curve has flattened a little bit. But with the states that didn't do that, you're seeing spikes because the the virus spread to those states and they're feeling the effects of it right now. Some of them, again, like Arizona, are getting pounded right now with new cases because they didn't shut down quick enough. And now it's too late. Florida went county by county 
with their COVID-19 shutdowns. Meaning, one beach in one county would be open, while another would be closed. So if you were close enough to that other county, you could still go to the beach. In the middle of a pandemic. Because your beach was closed. That doesn't make any sense. But this is why this is starting to really impact the NBA. And we're starting to really, it's starting to get a little crazy. As far as what's going to happen in Orlando now. More and more players are considering opting out. Not just because of COVID-19, but because of the social injustice issue in this country. And I don't blame them for, for doing that either. You know, the, the main players are probably going to play. And the players that need the money are definitely going to play. But you look at some of the, and again, it's getting, you know, baseball as well. Baseball's in an even tougher spot because they don't have a bubble. They're going to play 60 regular season games at their home ballparks. So there are going to be ballparks in play that are going to be in very, very dangerous dangerous areas of the country. Yeah, the first ballpark I thought of, right off the bat, no pun intended, was the, the Atlanta Braves ballpark. Last week, Georgia had two of the, two of the highest counties for new cases in the whole country. The South, in that area specifically, the Southeast, it's not going too well right now because the proper protocols were not put in place at the beginning. And that's on our government, and that's on the governors in those counties, or sorry, in those states. They did not do what the CDC recommended, and they're feeling the effects of it right now. And the NBA and the and Major League Baseball could really, really get hit hard because of that. That's that that's that is the bottom line. So I'm worried. I'm worried about where the NBA stands right now going forward. I, I really don't know. Part of me is not too optimistic. Because this could get worse in the next couple of weeks. The other big thing, and this is where I'll end the podcast, because this is something the NBA is still not addressed. It's the one thing that when the NBA and, and I think even Major League Baseball, you look at the NHL as well that are throwing their hat back in the ring here with with a bubble. You know, again, there's precedent for a player testing positive. We've seen it overseas. If a player tests positive, the protocol is simple. They are quarantined for two weeks. It's treated like an injury. They have to get two positive tests. I'm sorry, pardon me. Two negative tests for COVID-19 to be eligible to rejoin uh, the roster to rejoin the team. Same with, by the way, uh, different staffs, a coach, things like that. Two weeks quarantine, two negative tests, you're back with the team. There's nothing like that yet with the NBA, with Major League Baseball, or with the NHL. They have not addressed what will happen if a player, or the worst case scenario, multiple players test positive for COVID 19. What will happen if it's the semi, you know, the Eastern Conference semifinals, or even worse, the NBA Finals, and five players test positive for COVID-19? Are they just going to be allowed to bring in a new team? Are they going to be allowed to bring in new players? Just boom, 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 five new players, we're good. What are they going to, what's the deal? And because of that, 
I get worried because the other part of this is testing is still not where it needs to be in this country, not by a long shot. So can the NBA properly prepare itself for positive tests? I don't know. So I I get worried about that stuff as we get closer to the NBA's possible return at the end of this month. Eight games and then an NBA playoffs. Hopefully they can get this off the ground, but... The way this has been handled in this country, there are areas of the country, including the area where the NBA decided to put their players in this bubble, where things could have a tough time getting off the ground. A parting shot for this week, I wanted to throw this in at the end. NBA 2K has come out with its covers for NBA 2K21, and I have to say, Damian Lillard being on there is deserving, I get that. But there's going to be an NBA 2K21 Mamba Forever edition with Kobe Bryant on the cover. Already, sound, I'm already, you know, already saving up some money to get that. Very excited to uh, to see that and what that's going to look like as well. I believe um, the cover. Oh yeah, the co- I'm actually looking at the cover right now. It's on BallIsLife.com's Twitter account at BallIsLife. The current and the next-gen Mamba Forever covers are out. You can take a look at them now. They actually just came out hours before I started recording the podcast. When I first looked this up, I didn't see them, but now they're up. So you can take a look at them now. They look amazing. They got one for the 8 Kobe and one for the 24 Kobe. They look amazing. Um, Damian Lillard's on there as well. And I believe Zion Williamson is also going to be on the cover for a couple of the editions of the game as well that's pretty strong right there so you can't go wrong with who's on the who's on your cover but the mamba forever editions both of them look sweet so that's a heck of a a a, a thing to bring out it's really cool um to see kobe back on the cover of 2k um and it's great to see that tribute uh to him i think it was kind of expected i think we could all kind of see that that was a possibility but to see what they've done with the cover art it looks great and uh, hopefully you guys will pay some tribute to Kobe and also maybe pick up a, co- a copy that I know I will. It's very cool. Uh, again, that's a free plug for 2K, but you guys know 2K, you're going to get 2K anyway. So I might as well uh, shout out their great cover art on the Kobe, the Mamba Forever editions for the 8 Kobe and for the 24 Kobe as well. All right, I'll leave you with that. Hope you guys enjoy the July 4th weekend. Enjoy it. Have some fun with your family and hopefully your friends as well. Be safe. If you're out and about, please socially distance. Please wear a mask. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Have a good week.